turn to government to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before, and it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. there among us who have not heard, has not heard of the second coming of Jesus. Those of us who believe his word expect him to come back to this earth just as he said he left. He's coming back in the clouds just as he left. The scripture makes that very clear. He's coming one last time, his second coming and last coming, he's coming to catch away his bride. First thing that's going to happen, one of these days soon, our Lord is going to put a sudden end to time. Time shall be no more. You'll find it in Revelation. Don't turn there, but the 10th chapter in the first seven verses of Revelation. An angel is going to be sent from Christ, going to send to this earth. He's going to put his foot on the sea and in the land, and he's going to announce and proclaim that time is ending. Time shall be no more, that the mysterious plan of God is completed. The salvation of mankind is completed. The last prophecy has been given. The last church service has been held. The last soul has been saved that's going to be saved. And he's going to plant his foot on the sea and the earth and announce time shall be no more. And folks, when the angels of the Lord hear the sound that he's going back to earth to redeem mankind, when it suddenly dawns on angelic host that man, this great creation of God, who is so loved, this, this, adder, this Christ who has given his very life for mankind are coming home. And they're going to be one with us. What a shout there's going to be in glory. What a shout there's going to be. The seventh angel 
is going to make a mighty shout. And he's going to cry, the kingdoms of the world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. This is the day that they've longed for. The day that they've imagined. The day the martyrs will be vindicated. When the saints are going to get new bodies. And the bride is going to meet the Lamb of God. And the angels and the redeemed of all ages are going to meet together around the throne of God. This is the day. What a host is coming. Now, not only is it going to be the end of time, it's going to be the end of all power and authority of the enemies of Jesus Christ. Of uh, atheistic forces, of the media that's taking power, of homosexual power that's gaining authority here in America. And the Lord says, don't get riled up because it's not going to last much longer. It's all destined for the fires. It's not going to be forever. Let them have their day. Don't get worked up about it because you know how the story ends. Don't get worked up, folks. You know how the story ends. Happy Good Friday. What I like to call the greatest and the worst day in our history. Greatest because we've been given a chance to have a relationship with God. And we've been given a new covenant and a pathway to heaven. Once again, the worst Because how can you not think of what happened to that man, Jesus of Nazareth, and not cry out for the pain, the suffering, and the torture that he went through for you? He did it for you. That's what a lot of people have a hard time grasping, that they are so special that somebody would do that for them. And so the devil allow they, they allow the devil to work his way in and make them feel less than treasure. You are not less than treasure. As a matter of fact, you are the most valuable treasure on this earth ever in existence. That's how special you are. Look yourself in the mirror if you're having a hard time with who you are. If you're having a hard time with self-esteem, if you're having depression, if you're having anxiety, go to the bathroom right now. Look in that medicine cabinet. Look in the mirror and look at how special you are. The most important man to ever walk this earth. The king of kings bled, tortured, died for you. So do not think for another second that you are not worth all the treasure in the world. Folks, you are locked and loaded right here on Live from America on this Good Friday. I am home, and I am your ever-so-humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot, coming to you from home, the live-free-or-die state of New Hampshire, and it is a blessing to be here with each and every one of you I am so very happy to be home, and let's give a big, huge shout-out, and let's start a Dollar Train uh, Rumble Rant today for all those on Rumble Rants, for our producer. Um, he, he, he got a crash course in how uh, incredibly difficult it is to do everything 
uh, in in the studio by yourself, and he did a heck of a job. So uh, if you guys uh, want to show him your appreciation, a dollar train for him today would be good. And if you can't do that, just show your appreciation in the comments and and tell him how good of a job he did because it's not easy. It's not easy, and he saw, and he found out firsthand for the first time. It'll only get better from there when I'm on the road. Um, and I want to thank you for all who've given him kind words of encouragement. Please, ladies and gentlemen, we are looking for an unprecedented 2,000 shares today. So if that means 10 people do it 10 times, I mean uh, tw- two, uh, 20 people do it, uh, 200 people do it tw- uh, 10 times, whatever it is, do it as much as you can. Share, share, share. We really want to get the Rumble link out there as well, so copy and share that. I want to take this time, if I can, to talk about Arkansas. Arkansas, I cannot believe I was ever thinking about not going based on masks. Can I just tell you, I wore a mask one time, the entire time, one time, flights and in the airport, one time, and it was for a period of one hour, and it was really just below my nose. Everywhere else, I didn't wear it, and every flight attendant didn't care because half of them weren't wearing theirs either or wearing them properly. They didn't care. So that's that was uh, some good news. Now, the other good news is this. It was the most powerful event I've ever been to. And I'm not saying, and, I, and, I, and I'm saying that remembering every event we've been to, remembering every single Save America Freedom Stop that we've been to, I can tell you that this was the most powerful I was crying, Ben was crying, Heather was crying, the pastor was crying, the audience was crying, the producers were crying. God was in that church of Nazarene that day. I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, God was there that day. I was able to, if you did not get, if you weren't able to watch the special, I was able to stand up and give uh, my testimony on becoming a Christian and buying my first Bible, which you guys all know. I explained that's why we have the Bible program. Then I went and I did the Armor of God verse, the new song for the new song Armor of God that uh, Dave Bray USA and I have coming out in May. It got a standing ovation after the show. Many, many, many people all wearing shirts from Live from America, by the way. You Can't Beat God shirts, 3%er Tyranny t-shirts, Hand Over Your Heart t-shirts, just tons of people in the audience wearing uh, Live from America merch. It was incredible to see. And I had a one-on-one conversation with pretty much every single one of them in there, including somebody that was a Slurp Fund recipient, Heather Haddock. Um, And she's going through some hard times right now. But I got a personal experience with each and every one of you, like we do every time on this Live from America, Save America Freedom Tour. And I got to say, I'll never forget it. It was amazing. It was awesome. I'm glad I went. And there was this one guy in particular that I would like to, to reference if you, if you don't mind. Uh, thank you guys very much for the, uh, for the dollar train for, for Eli. It's very important that we keep him here. He's a huge, intricate part of the show. Continue to please share while I tell you this story about Carl. Now, Carl was a guy who kept coming up to me and he said, can I get a chance to be on TV? Can I get a chance to be on TV? Can I get a chance? I have some, something I want to say. I want to reference Matthew. And I said, of course you can, because I'm in the crowd with the microphone. So I'm in the crowd with the microphone, and every time it's his turn, there's, there, there's, there was a person ahead of him. Um, and uh, most of the time it was a lady. And he would say, let her go first. Let her go first. Well, he kept putting other people before him so kindly and compassionately for so long that we ran out of time and he didn't get any time on the camera. I went over to him afterwards. I wanted to apologize so much to him. Older man, long hair, um, man of God. Um, I wanted to apologize to him. I went over to him. He said, don't worry about it. 
Don't worry about it. You guys, he goes, nothing ever like this comes here, he said. And he goes, I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart how much it meant for me and so many people here today that you guys came here to this place, to this area in the United States and did this. And he went on to thank me for everything. And he goes, I really do love that hat, though. Where can I get one? And it was the Armor of God hat, uh, the blue and gold, which is on the website now. We do have two different colors now. It was the blue and gold Armor of God hat. And I apologize for telling such a long story here, but it's very important that you hear this. And he goes, where can I get one? And I said, well, you can go on my website, jeremyherald.com. You can get one there. And he goes, you didn't bring any with you? I said, no, I just kind of flew in and flew out. I'm sorry I didn't bring any merchandise this time. And he goes, well, I'm not really good with the internet uh, and ordering stuff. Uh, he goes, so maybe just pray to God I'll get one. So I obviously just took mine off and threw it to him. And I have to tell you, and this is going to bring tears to my eyes, but I have to tell you, that when he caught that hat, I've never seen somebody so happy to receive a gift in my entire life. And I've seen some people give some pretty amazing gifts. And I gave him this hat, and he looked at it, and he said, I can't take this. And I said, of course you can. It's a hat. I got 100 of them at home. He goes, I still can't take this from you. I said, you can take the hat. It's okay, bud. And he put it on, and he put it on with such pride and happiness. And I never, I never seen somebody so happy. So long story short, afterwards, it was 11 o'clock, we were finally leaving, and we went out to the parking lot, I was putting stuff up on the bus, and he stayed there, he was in the parking lot, and he drove his car over, and he got out of his car, and he just gave us a hug, he gave me a hug, and he said, thank you again so much, he goes, you guys mean so much to me, he said, do you mind if I put my hands on your bus and pray? Yeah, of course, so he walked over, the bus was leaving, we stopped the bus, in front, I got out in front of the bus, stopped it, because uh, I was already outside the bus. I was putting stuff in Ben's truck and up on the bus, and he came up outside. I stopped the bus. He came over. He put his hands on the bus, and he prayed for the bus, and he, and he was so delighted and happy, and he drove away with a smile on his face, and when I got home and I told my wife that story, I said, now, can you imagine had I not gone? All the flights, all the driving, all the traveling, the, the, the connecting flights, all of it, all of the lack of sleep, the lack of eating, all of it, it was all worth it a hundred times over just for Carl alone, let alone everybody else that we got to have a chance to hear testimonies from and talk to. So I just wanted to tell those stories, guys. It's very important that we follow what God wants us to do and not put our own pride first like I was going to do with the mask thing. Turned out I didn't have to wear the mask anyway. So thank you all very much. Thank you for listening to the story. Thank you very much for the Rumble Rants today. Thank you very much for the shares. Let's get into it. Let's get into the verse of the day because I'm fired up on this Good Friday, and I hope all of you are as well. Today's verse of the day was titled, God's Hidden Treasure. God's Hidden Treasure. Hello and happy Good Friday. Literally the best and worst day ever at the same time. Jesus had to suffer the worst death possible for us to get a new relationship and a covenant with God and to think that he did it all for you. Verse of the day, Matthew 13, 44 says this. Again, the kingdom of God is like unto treasure hidden in a field. The which when a man hath found, he hideth. And for joy thereof goeth and sellers all that he hath, and buyers that field. Now, I know that's very difficult to understand because I took it from an old translation because I think 
going from the older translation was very important, but let me just break it down. In this verse, the field that was spoken of is the world. The man buying the treasure is God. And the treasure is you. The price he paid for you was the life of his son. Furthermore, in foreknowledge, Jesus saw you would receive him as Lord and Savior. And for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He purchased the entire world, but not everyone will receive him. Therefore, you and his church are hidden in the world today like an extremely valuable and exquisite treasure in the middle of a wild field. Do you feel like treasure today? Because you are. Why would anyone suffer the torture of the cross for you if you weren't? So shake off the depression today, now. Shake off and get rid of the anxiety and the low self-esteem right now. Because you are a holy child of God, and you are worth all the treasure in the world and much more. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Very, very powerful, powerful verse and very powerful words this morning. Please, let's remove our hats if we are wearing one, and let's go to the Lord in prayer together, and let's think of everything in this world that we have, both good and bad, and what God has us here to do. Here we go. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Corn Pop, thank you very much as well. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Corn Pop, for confiding in me one of the most personal stories that you've ever been through. We're glad to have you here. I want to give a big shout-out to Freddie Durf, who is continuing in his faith, and I want to thank you all for sharing the video. Keep it going. Because it's like prayers. There's no amount of sharing that you can do that's enough. We need to get these uh, videos out there, and we need to get the gospel out there, and you guys can, are the only ones that can do that. I can't. First and foremost section, put your cups up. Let's have our first slurp of the day. And let's get into it. I keep referring here on this first and foremost section today. I keep referring to us being in a holy war in this country and in this world. Part of that holy war is ending the horrible and horrific murdering of our unborn babies. I have told you many times, nothing to me is more important than ending Roe v. Wade. I would even, and I know a lot of you may not agree with me, but I got to give you the truth here on Life from America. I would forego every single fraudulent election investigation and decertification if we could end Roe v. Wade. Because to me, that is far more important than what we're going through politically. That's how important I believe ending abortion is. Now, another part of this holy war that we are in, in this country and in the world, is this. 
putting God's name back in literally everything that we do. I don't know if I could have spoke it more slowly for those to hear that in the back. Putting God in absolutely everything that we do. That means putting God's name and word back in public schools. That means putting God's name and word back in the workplace. That means putting God's name and word back into our elected officials and our elected buildings. Putting God's name and word back in our families and at our dinner tables. It is more important now than ever. And right now, with this red tsunami that is coming in this country, we have a very, very very unique opportunity to not only end abortion, but state by state, put God's name back in our public schools. Now, I want to read an article here from you. I want to dig into this article because it's very powerful. And this article was written by Dahlia Lithwick and Mark Joseph Stern. And the title of this story was How the Right is Bringing Christian prayer back into public schools. Like I said, we're going to have a unique opportunity here to do this. Let's break down this article because it was fascinating, and I just wanted to share it with you. On April 24th, the Supreme Court will hear Kennedy versus Bremerton School District. Think of, Remember this, Kennedy versus Bremerton School District in a case that was carefully engineered to return prayer Back to the public schools, Kennedy marks an effort to overturn nearly 60 years of precedent protecting school children from state-sponsored religion by flipping the First Amendment on its head. The case erases the rights of children who wish to avoid religious coercion at school, fixating instead on the right of school officials to practice their religion during the course of their formal duties. It is the culmination of a decades-long battle to refrain, uh, reframe government neutrality toward religion as an unconstitutional discrimination against people of faith, and it's chillingly likely to succeed. It would be a mistake, however, to view Kennedy as a mere doctrinal shift in constitutional law, as radical as the doctrinal, uh, doctrinal shift would be. The case is also the product of the Republican political campaign aimed at restoring public schools' authority to indoctrinate schools with Christianity. The campaign is the one is on the brink of success in the courts because proponents of the school prayer have perfected a tactic that reverses the victim and offender. Now, I am reading to you an article that is giving you the, their opinion from the other side, and they're afraid this is going to happen. They're afraid that we are going to succeed in putting prayer back in school. And what they're doing is they're calling it indoctrination like we're calling indoctrinating our children into sexual things like groomers are doing. And they can't stand it. They're afraid. They know that Roe v. Wade is on its heels and backing up in fear. They know. They know that God is working behind the scenes, so they're working extra hard to stop it. Today, school officials who coerce students into prayer go on the offensive, claiming that any attempt to halt their efforts at religious coercion is actually persecuting of their religious beliefs. I believe that. Supervisors, lawmakers, and judges who attempt to shield children from being indoctrinated are recast as anti-Christian bigots. 
It's true. If you're going to call us bigots, racist, misogynist, and 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 and, and uh, intolerant, well, then guess what? That makes you the same thing. That makes you the same exact thing. So state by state, ladies and gentlemen, it is very, very, very important that we use this opportunity. Now, obviously, what I read to you is from an, an opposing view, an anti-Christian view. And that's why I wanted to read it to you. That's why it was fascinating to me. Because I read this verse, and they would not have put this time into this. They would not have put this effort into getting, they would not have two reporters working on this story, or two journalists, I should say, unless they were afraid. Folks, we've got them on their heels. God is moving in ways that I have never seen in my 42 years on this earth. If you agree, give me an amen and get this video out to as many people as you possibly can. We have them on their heels. Look at Disney right now. Look at Twitter right now. Look at the social look at look at Mark Zuckerberg. Look at him. He he is so afraid right now that he has said I won't put any more money into election stealing. Why? Why are you so afraid? What are you afraid of? Why is the Hunter Biden story back out again? Why is abortion being outlawed state by state, starting with Oklahoma? It's because God is moving and you can't beat God. This is very important that we literally do anything we can to make sure that we this red tsunami and this red wave happens. And when it does, it happens with vetted America first MAGA candidates who are driven by God and nothing else and who do not care about being in Washington, D.C. until they become retirement age and then retire there as well, like we have in our swamp currently. Push forward harder. Now, one thing that I said in Arkansas that I could not believe, I could not believe, and I had no idea that I was going to say this. This must have been the Holy Spirit working through me. Because at one moment when I was there, I stood up and I said, I want uh, everybody to raise their hands in here. When you were children, how many of you, and I want you guys to do this at home too, when you were children, how many of you actually went out and did work in the neighborhood for money, whether it was mowing lawns, raking leaves, walking dogs, or babysitting, or painting, whatever it is, how many of you went out in the neighborhood and worked for money, shoveling snow, whatever, 90% of the people in that room raised their hand. Then I asked, how many of you were involved in sports, Girl Scouts, or Boy Scouts, where you went around the neighborhood and knocked on strangers' doors and asked them for money to help fundraise your sports league or your trip somewhere or the Girl Scouts or the Boy Scouts or whatever? And about 70% of the people raised their hand. I said, okay. So now I want to just recap what we just said. 90% of you did this. 70% of you did this. In both cases, you were looking for something from the stranger. You were looking to receive something from the person's house that you went to, right? Okay. Then I asked this, and this is going to make shock you. How many of you, since you've been an adult, have walked around and knocked on these same stranger doors or wherever you're living and spread the gospel? About 5% of the people raised their hand. I said, how many of you have walked around the neighborhood and knocked on doors and give to give information about the political climate in your county or in your city or in your town and try to get people involved? And about 10% of the people raised their hand. So I said, 
How did you have so much courage when you were a child to go and ask for something from somebody, but you don't have the same courage as an adult to go and give something to somebody? And when you think of it like that, it is a mind boggle. Folks, we can do more. I can do more. You can do more. All of us can do more. We need to get back to basics. We need to not be afraid to go and knock on people's doors. We need to not be afraid to go out and talk to people and get them engaged. If we don't do that, we keep losing. And I don't want to lose anymore. I want to win, win, win. So I just thought that was uh, something that I would share with you today. And I'll go back through and I will read these. Um, you have to make that a clip so we can share just that part. It was actually during a commercial break. Actually, it was after the show. It was after the show. So I don't know if it was recorded, but it's very important. I'll, and, and we'll make this, what I just said, a clip. We'll make that part a clip. Yes, we'll do that. Because I think it's very important. Going back to basics sometimes is the most important thing that we can do. Now let's move on. Let's move on and go to Florida because America's governor and future president Ron DeSantis signed a law in Florida yesterday banning abortions, the senseless killing of our babies, after 15 weeks. Now, while I wish it was for good, like Oklahoma did, I really, really applaud Ron DeSantis for his efforts to push forward and push forward for God and this country. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill at um, Osceola County on Thursday banning uh, abortions after 15 weeks a pregnancy into law, which takes effect on July 1st. Quote, we are here today to defend those who cannot defend themselves, Governor Ron DeSantis said. I will be signing a House Bill 5, which protects the rights of the unborn children starting at 15 weeks. This is the time where these babies have beating hearts. They can move. They can taste, they can see, and they can feel pain. They can suck their thumbs, and they have brain waves. And so this will represent the most significant protections for life that, have been acted, that has been enacted in this state in a generation, Ron DeSantis added. He then went on to say, if you look at what's going on in certain segments of our society, particularly amongst people who are affiliated with the far left of our political spectrum, of course, that's overrepresented in places like Hollywood, in the media, and obviously in one of our major political parties. But they are now taking the position that babies can be aborted up to the ninth month, literally, he said, and that is murder. That is how fundamentally wrong that party and those people are. That is infanticide, and that has no place in Florida, Ron DeSantis added. I love this man. Can I just tell you that? I love this man, and I am starting to get feelings about him as a person and as a future presidential candidate, very similar to the feelings that I had about President Donald J. Trump in early 2016. This man just has it. Whatever it is, he's got it, and I can tell you what it is. It's just being real. It's just being normal. It's just being transparent. It's just being caring, kind, and compassionate. I'm so excited for the people of Florida, and I am so excited to one day vote for Ron DeSantis as president. Now, from Florida all the way to Arizona, we've got to talk about Mark Burnovich for a minute. 
Because, ladies and gentlemen, there are there is new news about Mark Burnovich and what he knew prior. That means before, for all you Democrats who are watching, and, and I know you follow Joe Biden, he's a true international depression. Prior to the 2020 election, Mark Burnovich knew about the drop box trafficking crime scheme and did absolutely nothing. That's why I love truth, folks, because it always comes out. Please share the Rumble link. The Rumble uh, link looks a little low, or the Rumble show looks a little low. I'd appreciate it. A man by the name of Gary Schneider, with help from a very good friend of his, David Lara, claims that he discovered the ballot trafficking crime scheme operation in Yuma County before the 2020 election and handed over all of his evidence to Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. That means that Mark Burnovich knew about the ballot trafficking scheme and crime because the evidence and the proof was given to him prior to the 2020 election and still did nothing about it. Now, there's an audio recording of this. It actually might be quite loud, so let me turn that down. I want to play the first two minutes of this audio recording for you, okay? Let's play this. Because I think it's very important. This is David Lara and Gary Schneider talking about what they found and what they did about it. Two years, I've been fighting the voter fraud and the ballot harvesting in in South County, which is San Luis. Uh, Gary Schneider, for the first time, was a candidate. He was a writing candidate in the primary. This is August of 2020. And he asked me if I would set up with him in the morning, early morning, uh, usually the elections in San Luis, all the candidates have a canopy or, or a camp outside the polls to make a last effort to convince the voters. I was there early morning with him, and because he was a, I call him the new kid on the block, I was there with him. I told him I was going to go away for several hours. I didn't want to be seen because they, these people know me very well. And I told him what he was going to witness, what he was going to see. He was going to see the handling of ballots, people walking in with two, three, five, ten, or diff- different amounts. He was going to see the ballot harvesting. He was going to see what was happening, how they're trickled in to the polls. So I told him to very, very carefully watch, watch what was going to happen how it was going to happen and to take as many pictures and videos as possible. Now, I'm not going to get very detailed into this because this case is still open and it will still have until May 12th, which hopefully it'll be over by then. At about eight o'clock in the morning that day, I wasn't there. Of course, that's when I stepped away. He started to send me videos and pictures of what was happening, which was no surprise to me, but it was it was to him since it was his first election. Immediately, I notified the county recorder of what was happening, and throughout the day, I was sending evidence, uh, videos, and pictures of what was happening throughout the day at the polls. Now, San Luis has two polling places, which is the cultural center and the library. They're not too far apart. The library, which is controlled by the county, that is uh, a county property, the cameras were on in the parking lot, surveillance cameras. And that's where also the drop box is at. The cultural center that belonged to the city, the city gave the order to turn off all cameras in the parking lot. 
So that's where you would see most of uh, what was caught on, on camera. City gave the order. The evidence was submitted to the county. The county then forwarded to the attorney general. It was several weeks where the attorney general uh, called me and over the phone. We never met in person. We just over the phone and asked me questions as to how much I knew about the ballot harvesting, exactly how it worked, who was involved, who's been doing it, how they've been doing it. And I gave them all the information. I gave them all the information, 20, 22 years worth of information. And I explained wow. that the ballot harvesting is a very intricate and it is a professional criminal organization. These are not amateurs. Professional. These are people that have been doing it for many, many years. It is well-structured. Professional criminal organization that he has been following for 20, 22 years and it's been carefully organized over two decades that he's been watching it. He got the evidence. He got the proof. He sent it to Mark Burnovich. Mark Burnovich had phone calls with this man. And Mark Burnovich wanted to know how much he knew about the ballot trafficking crime scheme. Now, hindsight being 2020 and knowing what Attorney General Mark Burnovich has not done to this point, doesn't it make more sense that he just wanted to know how much this guy knew? Not to prosecute anybody, but just to see how much he knew because maybe he was in on it. The guy said the city gave the order to shut off the cameras that were watching the drop boxes and gave that proof to Burnovich, and Burnovich did nothing with it. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have given Mark Burnovich the benefit of the doubt. No, more on this show than I have seen other shows. Other shows have already written him off. We gave him the benefit of the doubt because we understand how long it takes to do this kind of investigation. Now, even though we've never been in this position in this situation before, we understand how long a normal investigation takes. So this was going to be longer. Have we not given the benefit of the doubt to Mark Burnovich here on this show? No more. No more. Next week, we will have the system set up to make phone calls through the system. And I am going to get back on my phone call horse. And we're going to start calling these people and holding them accountable. Whoever answers the phone, period. We will not be rude. We will be matter of fact. And we are going to start bringing the heat once again. And we're going to call by the thousands. And we're going to flood these people's phone calls, their phone, their offices. We're going to flood their emails. And we're going to flood them with demands to do something and do it now or else or else because what these people are guilty of is treason and nothing less period this guy has turned out to be a mega loser and this guy thinks he's going to be a senator are you kidding me are you kidding me you think you're going to be a senator you're barely, barely going to be able to be a high school softball coach, let alone a senator, you moron. Do you think that we're stupid? Do you think we don't know what you are doing? Do you really feel, do you think that rhinos have the upper hand on America first MAGA Trump supporting citizens? Do you think you're smarter than us? We've been ahead of you the entire time. The only reason that we have not really come down on you like the hammer of Thor 
is because we were giving your loser butt the benefit of the doubt. No more. So, if you want some homework, not just calling him and demanding that he do something, but if you want some real homework, get a hold of Mark Burnovich and dare him to come on this show. I've, I've extended the offer. Get on his phone calls, get on his email, and demand he comes on this show. You want to see him held accountable? Demand he comes on this show. I would love that. I would love that, and he would never come on ever again after that. Because I would not let him sit there and do what he did last week on The War Room. Would never happen. Would never, ever happen. So if you want homework, there you go. You got some. Now, moving from that loser and then traveling all the way back to Pennsylvania, from Florida to Arizona, from Arizona to Pennsylvania, because this is live from America, we've got good news. We've got big news. We've got great news. We've got awesome news coming out of the great state of Pennsylvania. So let's just get to it. The Senate voted to end drop boxes, period, in the state of Pennsylvania. And guess what, folks? The Pennsylvania Senate, this week, approved legislation preventing the future use of unsecured ballot drop boxes. The vote was 29 to 20 along party lines because Republicans have the majority in the House and the Senate. It is going to go through. Now, we understand Governor Wolf is there. We get it. But Pennsylvania has done it before, and they'll do it again, and they'll override any veto. The measure comes after evidence of fraudulent voting methods used in Pennsylvania's October 2021 general election, documented to Senate members in videos and in a letter written by Lehigh County, Lehigh County, excuse me, uh, District Attorney James B. Martin, on in an April 4th, 2022 letter to the Election Board of Lehigh County, Martin described an investigation. County detectives conducted at the urging of the Lehigh County Republican Committee that found hundreds of people put multiple ballots in uh, unmanned drop boxes. Videos show the individuals in Lehigh and Lackawanna counties putting as many as five ballots in drop boxes. We showed you the video, remember? It was about a month ago. It's about a month ago. This is incredible news, folks. This is huge. This is awesome for the people in Pennsylvania and the people that have been working so hard in Pennsylvania, in, in, in DeKalb County, and so many others, you guys are great. You guys are absolutely great because you pushed for this and you had this happen and you made this happen. So, a big shout out to all you in Pennsylvania. Been on the show before. We talked about you many, many times. Pennsylvania law requires a voter to send in an absentee ballot by mail or deliver it personally. Pennsylvania Democrat uh, Tom Wolf's wife um, famously broke this law in October of 2021 when she deposited her own ballot along with her husband's ballot in the York County ballot drop box. The vote was later casually disclosed by Wolf when he mentioned it on the radio talk show. He later called it an honest mistake, if you guys can remember that. Having someone else deliver your ballot is considered election fraud punishable up to $1,000 and fine in a year in prison. The exception is voters with a disability who may have someone else deliver their ballot if they are, get prior approval. Drop boxes are new in the state. They are one of the measures that came out of the Act 77, which became law on October 31st, Halloween of 2019. And Act 77 allowed for no excuse absentee voting. After that, the Pennsylvania Department of State fought to have drop boxes installed to accept ballots in part for COVID-19 mitigation. Well, of course, 
The state Supreme Court allowed it. The Lehigh County Election Board had five drop boxes, one in each county commissioner's district. Each ballot box was under video surveillance. Long story short, ladies and gentlemen, your state legislature in Pennsylvania has your back. They voted to end drop boxes. Governor Wolf is going to cry, scream, put on his pink hat, scream to the sky. Why? Why? Because God said so, loser. That's why. Lehu Zahar. Great job, Pennsylvania. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful work. And uh, it's, it's nice to see some good news come out of Pennsylvania. I got to take a drink for a minute here of coffee. You should take this time to also refuel. Let's move on because we have got to go back to the Hunter Biden story. There's a lot to, you know what, this this Hunter Biden stuff, folks. It's just going to get worse for the entire Biden family. By the way, whatever happened to Hunter? Where the hell is he? Where's Hunter? We're going to go back to this Hunter Biden story because we are not letting up on this at all. Check this out. This is going to be a very weird statement for you to hear, but listen very closely what I'm about ready to say. A Trump-appointed, Democrat-endorsed prosecutor right now is deciding whether to seek a grand jury indictment of the crackhead felon son of the resident of the United States of America. Let me say that first part over for you again. A Trump-appointed Democrat-endorsed prosecutor. How does that happen? How do you get a Trump-endorsed, I mean Trump-appointed, excuse me, but Democrat-endorsed prosecutor? How does that work? Well, I'll break it down for you, folks. Let's get into it. David Weiss, a Trump-appointed U.S. prosecutor, is currently weighing whether there is enough evidence to seek a federal grand jury indictment against Hunter Biden. You think... Yeah, you think? I'm wondering why the guy's even taking time. Obviously, he's being threatened, but there's, he's got a very—he's in a very unique position here, because what I just said, the Trump-appointed Democrat endorsed. Check this out. There's only one left, by the way, from Trump appointees. Trump-appointed U.S. Prosecutor David Weiss has been weighing whether there is sufficient evidence to indict Hunter Biden in relation to potential tax fraud, money laundering, and the violation of lobbying laws. Weiss, a 20-year federal prosecutor, will have to determine if there is enough evidence to seek a federal grand jury indictment against Hunter Biden in the investigation that may end up including other members of the Biden family, such as Joe Biden's brother James and potentially Joe Biden himself. Weiss was endorsed by Democrat Senators Tom Carper and Chris Coons and is one of the only Trump-appointed U.S. attorneys that are still in place since Biden illegally took office. President Trump appointed Weiss to be a U.S. attorney in Delaware in 2018. He had been acting head of the office at the time and received the endorsements of Delaware's U.S. Senators Tom Carper and Chris Coons, both Democrats. Biden elected to keep Weiss in the position, one of the only Trump-appointed U.S. attorneys to remain, because he understood and the left understood the political risk of removing the prosecutor in the midst of an ongoing investigation into Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's attorney has not responded to requests for comment. Now, at the time, 
The New York Post reported that the top federal prosecutor in Delaware decided to pause a criminal investigation of Hunter Biden's months before the 2020 election to prevent the public from learning about it, according to the, po- uh, to the New York Post. U.S. Attorney David Weiss, appointed by former President Trump, decided not to seek search warrants or issue grand jury subpoenas so as not to, quote, alert the public to the existence of the case in the middle of the presidential election. So he already screwed us once. He already screwed us once. Now, the prosecutor's office reportedly was torn over whether to continue its probe or pause due to the election, much like Bill Barr. And Weiss, who remains in his job, is leading the case, sided with those who wanted to wait. Let's pray to God that Weiss will do the right thing this time and actually get that grand jury indictment. Now, folks, this is where praying, this is where praying comes in. We've got to pray that God works in this man in the most unlikely way that you think that it's going to happen. He's done it in Kirsten Cinema. He's done it in Joe Manchin. He's done it across the board. He's, do- he's doing it with high-profile Hollywood actors. He can do it with one prosecutor. So what we need to do is we need to pray. We need to reach out to these prosecutors' office. We need to just give him our opinions on things as citizens of this country because every citizen is affected by what Hunter Biden's laptop shows us and tells us. So we just have to battle is knowing who's, who these people are and what their role is in all of this. And I can tell you right now that the role of this, will, uh, uh, of this man, Mr. Weiss, could literally bring down the, the, the illegitimate resident of the United States of America. So when we're talking about God moving in mysterious ways, when we're talking about you can't beat God, will Weiss do the right thing? Well, we're going to need to flood him with emails. Again, if you need to know his name, his name is, he was a Trump-appointed federal prosecutor. His name is David Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. He is the lead federal prosecutor in Delaware. You can get his information just by doing a quick internet search, okay? Flood, flood, flood with emails because this is one of the most intricate pieces to all of this coming down, all right? Now, going from there down to D.C., last week, earlier this week, I should say, we got a lot of good news concerning January 6th prisoners, right? We got... um, Some of them got off. Others got access to footage that when I showed you last week would pretty much exonerate anybody that went in there that was waved in by police. You've got Alan Dershowitz. You've got um, Jay Sekulow and other high-profile attorneys, including Judge, uh, what's that judge's name on Fox News with the weird hairline? Uh, Napolitano, not Napolitano. Maybe that's his name. I don't know. But he is even weighing in on it. And he is saying what's going on with these January 6th uh, political prisoners is wrong. And more needs to be exposed about what's happening. However, folks, however, that did not save January 6th protester Dustin Thompson. Because January 6th protester Dustin Thompson, who was waved in by police, has been convicted of stealing a coat rack. Remember when he was holding that coat rack up? And a bottle of bourbon from the U.S. Capitol. He committed no violence, but he's looking at 20 years in prison now. Before we go down this story, because I'm going to get ticked off, I know that. Why in the HE double hockey sticks is there bottles of bourbon in our Capitol building? And better yet, how can you steal a coat rack that belongs to we the people? Every piece of furniture, every seat, every computer, every coax cable, every HDMI cable, every book, every piece of paper, every folder, every bottle of bourbon belongs to we the people because it was bought with we the people's money, and that is we the people's house. 
So why are people drinking on the job, Nancy Pelosi? Why are people drinking on the job, Chuck Schumer? Why are people drinking on the job, Stress Face Armstrong? Why is there bottles of... Matter of fact, if you at your workplace were to be found with bourbon in your desk, would you get fired? Would you get in trouble? Would you get written up? I bet you would. I bet you would. So how in the H-E double hockey sticks can it be called theft if it belongs to we the people to begin with? Do you think we the people want to give them 20 years? Maybe we should weigh in on it since it was stealing from us to begin with. There's a Marxist takeover in this country and that is the, that's part of the holy war that we're in right now. Dustin Thompson stole a coat rack and is facing 20 years. He was found guilty of stealing the coat rack, remaining in a restricted building on January 6th. And now he's looking up to 20 years in prison. A D.C. jury. Look, anytime that you're in D.C. and you're a Trump supporter, you're going to get convicted. Unless, unless you have that footage Unfortunately, this guy took something, so that was his wrongdoing. D.C. jury found Dustin Thompson guilty of felony obstruction and five misdemeanors yesterday. He now faces up to 20 years in prison. Katanji Brown Jackson lets pedophiles and people who literally rape children out after three years, and this guy takes a coat rack and a bottle of bourbon, and he's facing 20 years? Seem fair? I don't know. Let's ask Katanji Brown Jackson, who doesn't even know if she's a woman or not. Capitol protester Dustin Thompson, 38 years old, could face 20 years in prison. After being convicted by a jury in Washington, D.C. yesterday, Thompson was captured in surveillance images. Taken inside the Capitol where he was carrying a coat rack, we've all seen the image, and a bottle of bourbon that he stole from Senate parliamentarian's office, according to law and crime. What a bunch of nonsense. Red wave, red wave, red wave. Get President Trump back in there. Pardon every single one of these people. Let us have the last laugh. Let God have the last laugh. And let's turn these six, uh, January 6th unselect committees and all these other stupid investigative committees into our own committees and let's give them a taste of their own medicine. Amen? Amen. We're, we got this, folks. Look at me. Look at me. We got this. We got this. Okay, this is not a war we're going to lose. We got this. We're the fighters in this country. We're the ones that are on the side of righteousness and God. How can they win? No weapon formed against you will prosper, period. There's no buts. There's no howevers. Buts are for farting. Give you a little laugh there. We're going to move on to this next story here. We only got a couple more left, so stay with us here, folks. Chris Wallace. Oh, I love when sweet justice takes its rightful place in this United States of America, don't you? Oh, Chris Wallace is having major meltdowns over at CNN. And when I say major meltdowns, this guy is kicking, screaming, and crying with his little pink hat on. He doesn't know what to do. Chris Wallace is having so many meltdowns over the terrible launch of CNN Plus that now he is demanding Chris Cuomo's old time slot on CNN. Like that's going to be any better, Chris. You're just kicking the can down the inevitable road of Loserville. Population you and the rest of the scumbag pedophiles at CNN. Do you know that Chris Wallace is getting less viewership than I am right now? I'm not kidding you. Less than 10,000 people a day watch Chris Wallace's 
failed CNN Plus loser podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. Oh, I absolutely love it. Now he's demanding Chris Cuomo's old time slot. Look, I never thought I'd see the day where Jeremy Harrell, live from America, an independent, um, self-funded because of our audience, not corporate funded news show, is getting more viewership a day than Chris Wallace. I never thought I'd see the day. Amen. God, you are good. Woo! This is wonderful. Wonderful news. CNN Plus has become a complete failure. Uh, it's gotten so bad that CNN is already considering considering cutting their investment into their dreadful uh, because of their dreadful numbers. Investments and projections for CNN Plus are expected to be cut dramatically. We already know all of this. Hundreds of millions of dollars are expected to be cut from the original investment. We already know all that too. But now let's get to Chris Wallace, the new company's leadership team, still yet decided, still yet to decide. Excuse me, the ultimate fate of CNN Plus or CNN's new boss, Chris Light, or Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace, who left Fox News for CNN, is not happy about any of this. According to uh, John Nicosia, Wallace is having daily meltdowns. (laughs) Can you imagine what Chris Wallace's crybaby, whiny daily meltdowns must look like? I'd just sit there and laugh at him and point. (laughs) And threatening to quit. Unless he gets his own CNN show, and now he's demanding Chris Cuomo's old time, so he too can grope and sexually molest people. He is reportedly trying to get that time slot and demanding it. This isn't the first time it's been reported that Wallace is not happy at CNN. Wallace also threw a fit after the CNN president Jeff Zucker resigned because that's who his deal was with. How long will Chris Wallace be at CNN? Let's have a poll here. Will Chris Wallace leave CNN? Before Joe Biden becomes too mentally unfit to be the president of the United States of America. How long do you think Chris Wallace will remain at failing CNN? Really, when it comes down to it, let's just call a spade a spade and say, nobody cares. Anyway, for that. Come on, man. (laughs) We did it. We did it, Joe. Dumb Dumb Award of the Day, Chris Wallace and CNN. Why did you think it was ever going to work? You are literally diarrhea in the bottom of a toilet bowl. That is the greatest accomplishment you've ever made. How did you think it was going to work? Ah, It's just funny to watch it all go away, isn't it? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, what I want to play for you right now, I want to get into this Elon Musk story real quick. I know there's a lot of people talking about it. I get it. I know there's a lot of people that say, look, nobody cares about Elon Musk. Nobody cares about Twitter. Why is this important? And why are we talking about it? Well, let's talk about it for a minute, shall we? I think it's very important. I could give, I could give, a, I, I could care less about Elon Musk as a person. Don't care at all about his job, about what he owns, anything like that. I don't care at all that he's done business with the Chinese to make his little Tesla cars. I don't care about that when we're talking about Twitter. Why is this a big deal? Well, folks, because if you don't see Elon Musk tanking Twitter and either changing it or completely letting the bottom fall out and letting it implode as one of the greatest victories For the MAGA movement, even though Elon Musk is not MAGA, then you're not paying attention to the same thing I am. You have to understand something here, folks. Twitter is a cancer. 
Okay? Twitter and Facebook are cancers. Now, Twitter is really about a $60 billion company, while Facebook is a $600 billion company. Very different when it comes to how much they're worth. However, Twitter's shares are worth more than Facebook's shares. Why? Because Twitter is literally the public square of people's opinions that nobody cares about. However, it swings elections. And it also swings your society and how you act, think, walk, feel, talk. Maybe not you personally, but society as a society, it does. So when you can remove this cancer from the society, it is the beginning blocks to making big tech censorship fall. And if you can do this, if if Elon Musk can succeed at this, then other billionaires will also jump in and they will succeed because the billionaires and the people that own corporations, they don't want Joe Biden as president. It's costing them an arm and a leg. They could care less about President Trump, the person. They want President Trump, the president, back in there because of what he did for big business and corporations and all the way down to people like you and I. So Elon Musk doing this is exactly what we have been asking for for years. Somebody with the money and the power to shut these people down. Now, I also agree with continue growing Getter. Continue growing True Social. I don't care about Twitter. I will never use it anyways. But I care about this country. And as long as Twitter and Facebook exist in the, in the dynamic that they do right now, we will not win this war. So this, again, is another part of this holy war that we need to crush without a care in the world. And this man is actually doing it. Now, a lot of people say, well, I don't trust him. Okay, let's watch it play out for the next few weeks. Let's watch it play out. Let's not get ahead. Let's not put the horse in front of the cart. Let's watch it play out. And let's pray that Elon is successful in what he is saying he is trying to do. Now, I want to play you this quick clip if I can, of Elon on TED Talks yesterday because Elon is very, cal- he's very strategic in how he thinks. And look, it might be Elon is out for Elon. I get it. He wants to be the boss in every one of his companies. I get it. But isn't that good for all of us? Isn't that good for all of us? Check this out. Hey, if you are not successful in you know, the board, does not accept your offer, you've said you won't go higher, is there a plan B? There is. <laughs> I, I, think we, I think we would like to hear a little bit about Plan B. For, for another time, I think. Another time? Yeah. All right. I, that, that's a nice tease. All right. So that's a businessman. That is a businessman who is not showing you his cards. By the way, I misspoke. I meant putting the cart in front of the horse, not the horse in front of the cart. That's a businessman. He said, if this doesn't work, if they do not accept your offer and you said you will not go higher, do you have a plan B? He thought about it for a minute and he goes, I do. And they said, what is that plan B? And he goes, for another time. They're not going to be able to stop his hostile takeover. They're not going to be able to stop it. That's what people don't understand. Now, let me tell you what they're going to try to do. Twitter is reportedly considering a so-called poison pill tactic to thwart Elon Musk's effort to buy out the social media platform, prompting a critical response from the Tesla chief. Cameron Winklevoss, founder of Gemini Cryptocurrency Exchange, said in a tweet, Twitter is considering a poison pill to thwart Elon Musk's offer. 
while two anonymous sources told the New York Times that Twitter's board is mulling the tactic which is used to block a hostile takeover. The poison pill method, check this out, listen to this, gives existing shareholders the right to buy additional shares at a discount, diluting outstanding stock and making it a hostile takeover more financially challenging for the acquirer. Responding to the tweet, Elon Musk said a poison pill move could expose Twitter's board to a titanic legal liability court case. Now, one thing is for sure. This man has Twitter shareholders and Twitter executives on their heels. And the reason why they're not going to succeed is because of that very, very root of all evil that we all hate and don't have enough of. Money. It comes down to money. And Elon Musk right now is the most richest person on planet Earth. How are you going to stop him? You're not. He also put out a tweet where he offered to buy CNN, except it wasn't real because he said he would only give CNN $20, $28. He said, I'll offer to buy CNN too, but I'm only paying $28 because that's all they're worth. Now, we have two videos to show you before we close out the day. Yesterday, after Biden finished his speech, he turned around and tried to shake hands with thin air and then completely wandered around the stage lost. That's why I said, who lasts longer, Chris Wallace at CNN or Biden because of his mental decline? Watch how incredibly weak and lost this man looked if you have not seen it yet. America. God bless you all. Completely lost. Has no idea what he's doing. Notice something else? Nobody has their phones on him. Nobody's recording him. Why? Because he's a loser. Unbelievable. Now, if that was President Trump there, every person would have had their phones out like this. Every person would have been trying to get selfies with President Trump. This guy, nobody even cares about. He turns his hand, he turns this way to shake somebody's hand, and there's nobody even there. Falling very, very fast. The man has no idea what he's doing, and it's an absolute embarrassment. Now, I want to end... I want to end with this last video if I can. Now, this last video comes to me from Drew Hernandez. Drew Hernandez used to work as a reporter for Real America's Voice News. He now works for Turning Point USA. He has been on the front lines of many, many things, including was a big, intricate piece of the puzzle to getting Kyle Rittenhouse found not guilty. If you remember Drew Hernandez, he is also the tip of the spear when it comes to Disney. He went down to Disney uh, headquarters where everybody's protesting, and of course, a bunch of lefties are now there uh, counter-protesting, and Drew Hernandez did not mince words with this lady and made her look absolutely, ridiculously stupid. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Drew Hernandez reporting from Disney headquarters on a crazy, crazy leftist uh, who has no idea what she's talking about. Check this out. Opposing a bill in Florida that's meant to protect children from being sexually groomed. Oh, no, no, no. Do you support no, no, no. that? Children, the bill in Florida actually hurts LGBTQ people. No, it actually protects no, them. No, actually, it doesn't. Yes, so the bill is an anti child grooming law. No, it's not. It's meant to give the rights no, to the parents so not. that a teacher can't have some kind of private no, sexualized no, 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 conversation. No, no, no. Yo, you're have you read misled. the bill, ma'am? Yes, actually, I have. Okay, so is it a don't so, say gay bill? 
<laughs> yeah, actually. Is the word gay in it's it? It's actually ridiculous. Is the word gay in it's it? It's ridiculous. Is the word gay it's in the ridiculous. bill? It's ridiculous. Is the word it's gay ridiculous. in the bill? It's ridiculous. You can't answer the question. No, actually, I can't. So you've answer read the, the bill, but you can't so tell me if the word gay is in it. Uh, is the word gay in the bill? Uh, <laughs> no, um, it's not. So, but it it's, is actually no. It's so it's not. not. In the bill. So it's a, so it's not a don't say gay bill. You're not really? making any sense, man. Does it have anything to do with grooming Yes, children. it does. No, it doesn't. It absolutely does. <laughs> Disney opposing. Ladies and gentlemen, that is an unhinged, triggered liberal, progressive communist who has no idea what she's talking about. And just by listening to her, you can tell how many of them are brainwashed into believing anything that comes out of Joe Biden's mouth or CNN or MSDNC. These people have lost their minds. And big shout out to Drew Hernandez for exposing these losers. And that guy is wonderful. I love him. We're going to get him on the show. We have Candace Taylor coming on the show tomorrow. We have, um, we have a few guests coming on this week. We have Anna Perez from Real America's Voice News, David Brody's producer. She's also got her own show on Saturdays and um, called Common Sense. And uh, we, got, we got some guests coming on this week. And we also have some candidates running for local office in different states coming on this week. So, Big shout out to every or next week, I should say. Big shout out to everybody. This is Good Friday. We're going to be here tonight. We have two shows today for this Good Friday. We'll probably end a little early tonight because we do have an Easter, uh, I mean, a Good Friday service at church starting at 6. So I will be a little late regardless. But I'm going to try to end a few minutes early tonight. Uh, folks, today is the last day. The very last day that you can get uh, take advantage of the two T-shirt bundle deal that we have on uh, jeremyharrell.com. So if you guys go to jeremyharrell.com right now, you'll see if you haven't gotten them yet, there was a lot of people in the audience wearing this two-bundle deal. But the two-bundle deal does definitely end today. Let's go over there and show you that real quick. Here it is right here, folks. Two-bundle t-shirt. It ends today. Also, we have now the different colored t-shirts in for the Armor of God t-shirts, all different colors. And of course, we still have the children's t-shirts as well. Check out the store. You'll love it. The deal ends for the t-shirt t-shirts tonight at midnight. And that's about it, folks. So there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out and keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. We'll see you tonight for another Live from America show at 5 p.m. Happy Good Friday, ladies and gentlemen. It is good to be home. I love each and every one of you. God bless you and we'll see you tonight. Have a great, great day. Bye-bye. Rebirth of America. Been a long time coming and we all learned something that we won't ever give it up. Long as I'm bleeding, I'm never stop screaming that we first in America.